Well, I moved into this room. If you could call it that a week ago, I never do what I'm supposed to do. Hardly even know my name anymore. When no one calls it out, kind of vanishes away. Hello and welcome to another installment of Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch, and as always, we have the lovely and talented Cat. That's C-A-T. Basically the only sober one here. Cat, what's going on? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We can also be found on Instagram and Facebook. And we've also started Twitter. And the two um, listeners are making a shout-out this week. One is, they're both in the Midwest. One is in La Vista, Nebraska, right outside of Omaha. And the other is in Seymour, Indiana. Railroad crossroads of southern Indiana, also the hometown of John Cougar Mellencamp. That is his small town. Giving y'all a big shout out. All right, alcohol is why we wake up every morning. Today, I'm the lucky finder of the Estrella Jalisco. Oh I gosh. found this Mexican beer. I think Anheuser-Busch puts it out. I don't know. It was around here. I don't know if they were doing a little test market. I don't know what they were doing, and then it disappeared. Of course, when Corona hit, everything disappeared. But the Estrella Jalisco, I found, found it at the Total Wine, and it's very, very good. Kat, what you got? I have a brand new cocktail for me. It is the Caramel Apple Teeny, um, and it's good. I think it's one I'll save in the back probably for the fall. All right. Sounds sweet just like you. Thanks, Doc. All right. With uh, the Kentucky Derby coming up here in a couple weeks, today we're finally going to do a podcast about something I actually know a little bit about, and that is horse racing. We have some knowledge. Well, the main thing I know is <laughs> how to lose money betting on horse racing. That I've figured out. Oh, we try, we try, we try. I don't know. You know, this is how horse racing got started. You had two people talking smack after church. That's basically what it was. You know, Timmy goes, hey, I just went over to uh, Botetot County. And, and, and I got me a, a pretty fast cold here. And then and Terry comes back and says, well, you know, nobody can beat my horse. And bam, there's a horse race. That's well, pretty see, much how it started. We're just down the road from a famous place that was in horse racing, Camp Town. Camp Town Races. Mm-hmm. Just down the road there in Ashland. Yeah, a little horse race in history. It, it started in England, like 1620s. Uh, started in France like 1650 something and then listen to this now the first organized thoroughbred horse race was in 1752 there was five horses that ran a four mile race and it was in freaking Gloucester Virginia which I didn't know I had no idea but Gloucester is about an hour and a half east of right here from where we're sitting. Yeah, Virginia was the first place for horse racing in the United States. And 
We have a great horse racing facility here. It's about 45 minutes east here. It's actually in between the, the horse racing track I'm talking about. It's Colonial Downs. It's in New Kent, Virginia, and it's actually in between here and Gloucester. And you can have a fun day at the horse track, okay? You don't have to bet a lot of money. You know, it's not for the rich and famous. It's, you know, maybe the horse owners have, have a little cash. But it, it's, look, it, it's known as the sport of kings. And there was, thoroughbreds are said to descend from three oriental stallions. The Darley Arabian the Godolphin, Barb, and the, I don't know how to say this one, Byerly Turk. And they were all brought to England by King Charles II because the English kings were really into horse racing. They still are. Yeah. I mean, if you live within an hour's drive of a horse track and you've never been, give it a shot. Like I said, you can have fun. And you don't have to lose a lot of money. Hell, you might even win some money. I mean, there, there's several bets you can make. Um, just start off with like a $2 win, place, and show bet. Um, it's If your horse hits the board anywhere, comes in first, second, or third, you know, you get paid. And, and let's say you go to the track and you play four races. And say you lose all of them, which is very probable. <laughs> Look, you're down $24, okay? Now, you were outside having a couple beers, watching the ponies run. Not a bad day, and, and you can still pay the rent. You know, you didn't, you didn't blow everything you had. Um, now, there is usually a group at every racetrack of guys who are, who are there, like, every day who are losing their rent money. It's, what do we call them? they Ate up with it, basically. They're called degenerates. <laughs> okay, you can spot them a mile away because they'll be losing betting slips all over the floor around their feet. And they look like they haven't bathed or shaved in a couple of days because they haven't. Now, now, these guys, they're not mean or hateful or anything. Just kind of stay away from them, especially if you take the kids with you to the track. And go ahead and take the kids. We to, did. To, to the horse track. It, some tracks are very kid friendly. Uh, they, you can walk down to the rail, and they they call them outriders, which are people on horses that kind of walk beside the horses that are getting ready to race, just to kind of keep them cool and calm them down. And you know, and after they walk them over to the gate or whatever after the race, the outriders, if your kid's standing there at the rail, they'll come over to you. Your kids can pet the horses. Sometimes they'll have like like clowns there doing face painting, cotton candy, whatever. You know, like I said, take the kids. They can enjoy it too. And all that stuff's great for dad too because he can send the wifey and the kids over to the sideshow and, and while he goes and pounds a couple beers and makes a couple extra bets that the wifey doesn't know he's doing. Not that I've ever done that. <sighs> yes, you did. That was me. <laughs> The thing about horse racing is don't take it too seriously, okay? Just just have fun with it. <clears throat> Two old guys on the back porch. Now, of course, we're going to do what we do best, and that's we're going to take a rip at the horse racing industry, okay? Now, now, first off, 
some of the races look crooked as shit, okay? And it's because they are. Now, I've watched many, many horse races over the years. So I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Way too many. And it, I'm, not, I'm not that guy who's like, oh, just because you lost, you, you, you think the race was crooked. No, that's me. Hell, I've won money when the race had a, had a funny smell to it. And what I mean by that is, let's just say some of the jockeys are not riding the horse to its full ability. And it's not the jockey's fault. He was told by the owner, the trainer, somebody, just get this thing around the track and maybe we'll try a little harder next time. Okay. Now, I don't know. This was about three or four years ago. Horse racing got a big push from NBC. Didn't it, Kat? Yes. And we were happy. Um, I don't know. Are it, they going to show the Triple Crown races on there? That's a good question. I mean, as we've told you guys, the beginning of the year, um, NBC Sports Network is no more. And that is the channel that we would watch a lot of the prep races on, a lot of the um, not-so-famous, like Ascot, we would watch. You know, I don't know. NBC, I guess they got out of sports because nobody's watching. Um Baseball, football, basketball. You're going to say, well, ooh, the fans, the stands are packed when, it, when it's on. And that's it. Nobody's sitting at home. Sports is circling the drain. Okay. I thought that's why NBC kind of jumped on board with, weren't they showing hockey too? Or yes, not? they had hockey. hockey. They had rugby. I thought they were trying to like hit Lacrosse. on the, the little niche sports because the major sports are, are circling the drain. We're not even getting the NASCAR. That thing's probably oh, going to yeah. fold up. NASCAR is running today. Did we crickets. see did we see any signs in RVA this weekend that that was in town? Yeah. No. NASCAR is in in like the tracks 30 minutes from here and we haven't seen one billboard, one commercial and nothing on the radio. You wouldn't even know they were here, but who cares? Um again, you know, I thought that NBC was nibbling at the outside or sports. You know, let's let's do that, but I, I don't know. Um, I mean, they still got Premier League on USA. Right. But what, what they were doing was, they were doing like the other sports, they were trying to hype up like individuals. You know, like when basketball really took off, it was Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. You know, you got a face of the game. Uh, baseball... Um, I don't know, back in my day, who was it, Reggie Jackson or, right. I, I, you know, there was a couple stars out there all hitting home runs. Um, you know, Before football, Joe Namath, whatever, you know, you want to put a face with the sport. So the horse racing decided to go with that. So they picked Bob Baffert. Oh, my God. Who, who's a big time trainer. Mr. Uh, California. Right. And Mike Smith is a jockey. And... and one of the most successful jockeys We had, ever. like, Real Housewives of Horse Racing at one point, didn't we? I think so. We watched that show. <laughs> but, again, the horse racing industry kind of pushed those twos, two out front. Kind of like, you know, they had them doing promos and little commercials. Like, you know, there's some big races coming up this weekend. I mean, you, you would watch, like, you know, say you were watching The Preakness just up the road there near Baltimore. It would be like little vignette stories in between races. It'd be a whole right. production. Right. Now that 
that is no longer. I'm going to see what's actually going to show up. I don't know what they're going to do, but the Be back point, at the, the backstory. All right, both of these guys, Bob Baffert, has been training horses forever, and and I have nothing against the man. I don't know him personally, of course. He he started in the lower ranks of horse racing, and and he's at the top of the heat now. He and he he worked his way up there. Let's give it to him. But um, again, they threw these two out there to try to put their face on this horse racing and all of a sudden Bob Baffert with his tinted blue prescription sunglasses which look pretty cool and his stylish high dollar California cool all of a sudden got busted because one of his horses failed inspection and it was a Kentucky Derby race was it what was the name of the horse justify mm-hmm are you sure no Okay, whatever the horse was. All right, now, that, okay, to get busted on one of the big races, okay, this is where it kind of all went downhill. You know, if he'd have got caught at some little shit track, like, say, in Louisiana or something that nobody cared, you'd have never heard nothing about it. But when you got busted in a triple crown race, that is majorly frowned upon. And what, what these guys do, if you're not familiar with it, they call it juicing the horse. There's other things, milkshake they would give them. It, it's, there are some drugs they're allowed to give to the horses. Um, one of them is called Lasix. It's for horses that are bleeders. They'll, they'll bleed, I believe it's through their nose. And you, you got to remember, these are big animals with big hearts pumping a lot of blood. So there's a little, I don't know if it's pulmonary hemorrhaging or what right. it is, but this Lasix drug, which they, I think they found out by accident, like in the 70s, that it actually helped the horses and, and stopped the bleeding. But Baffert's horse... Okay, the horse was Medina Spirit. Medina but... Spirit was the one that got caught in the Kentucky Derby. Okay. And ended up dying back in December. So so all this went tits up because now the, the man that we put at the head of the class, at the face of the horse race, and we're trying to hype up this thing so people will watch, now his horse has been uh, found to have something in its system. So now I believe the New York Horse Racing Association actually told Bob Baffert that he was not even allowed to bring his horses into New York to even race. It, I mean, it, it did, got he, ugly. did he even try and break it, bring it to Preakness? Or was that too quick? I, I don't remember. I can't remember. Like I said, Bob Baffert, good dude. Now, he's got a son called Brody and, and his wife. They're there at the track. Wife. Whatever. They're, they're a little bit too much to handle, but they're all there hugging and jumping up they and down. They push him in front of the camera. But I don't know. The, the problem with horse racing... One of their biggest problems is they don't have one governing body over the whole horse racing industry. You know, each state has its own rules, which is bullshit. I mean, if if they had one independent governing body who could drop the hammer on these guys when they got caught, maybe some of it would stop. There's another trainer called Steve Asmussen or something, and he's, I believe he's like maybe the winningest trainer in the history of horse, I'm not sure. This guy has been popped I don't know how many freaking times, but he's still out there 
running horses like it's sort of let's compare it to the college basketball coach Uh now you've seen these sleazy suckers on tv they all look like used car salesmen a college basketball coach i don't know if there's a sleazier weasel on the planet (laughs) now every time they get caught how's that going march madness paying players to come to their school Am I, is this this is a habit? Pretty it does much, happen. yeah. Every time the school gets caught, he doesn't know anything about it. It was the assistant coach, right? The assistant, I had nothing to do with that. He knew nothing about it. So the assistant punks, they no get running out of there and fired. He stays there making his $3 million a year. Well, the horse racing thing is the same thing. When Baffert, Asmussen, and name 10 other trainers that's got caught juicing horses, they never. They don't get nothing. They get a slap on the wrist, some little petty fine, whatever it is. But it was the person in the uh, the assistant trainer. He's the one who did it. Remember the Baffert thing with Medina Spirit? They tried to blame it on some uh, Mexican grooming guy right. who was yeah, just was, there brushing the horse and feeding. He had it. a certain you know cologne or something. <laughs> it was it was beyond crazy. <laughs> it was the it was the lamest thing I've ever seen. But again, horse racing. How low can you go? And, I don't know. And the two of us love, we, we like going to Colonial Downs. Yeah. We'll even watch the Melbourne Cup there in November in Australia. I mean, we'll watch. I mean, I well, like I liked some of Ascot. Ascot was cool. Horse racing around the world is big time. Japan. Oh, what's, what's that other track that amazes us? Hong Kong. Japan, Australia, Dubai. Dubai is Eng- crazy. England, France. I mean, you should see some of these facilities. We, uh, the wifey pays extra for, uh, for the TV bill every month, so we get a little extra sports package, and it actually has the horse racing channel on there. That's how we know about horse racing in other parts of the world because they show it every now and then. As a matter of fact, we just saw the Dubai uh the big meet they had over there a couple weeks ago. I mean, it's it's off the hook. I mean, they have these big money races in Dubai, Dubai, and people show up from all over the world. It's a big party. I, I particularly like the belly dancers. I think that's a nice touch. <laughs> I like uh, the sword play. Yeah. Australia, same thing. I mean, the horse tracks are immaculate. I mean, everybody's, everybody's there. Dressed up. It's a whole scene. Everybody's dressed on, you it's know. It's a big party. It's gorge. It's gorge. And, you know, all these tracks, again, from all over the world, whatever, we get them on the satellite dish up here on the roof, and it's pretty cool to watch. Now, the, these other parts of the world, where horse racing is, I mean, these places make air football stadiums look like little bitches. I mean, it is off the hook if you can see it. And see, they don't even let us over there because we are are letting our horses be drugged. I have nothing against the Lasix. If if you're if it's helping the horse in any way, get around that track, then I, I then that's cool. I don't know enough about it to really speak on it. But I know Japan doesn't even let us cross there. They don't even let us bring a horse over there. And they race for millions of dollars over there. Um, You know, the other countries that do let us in, the the, the horses are tested and tested and tested. And if they find one thing in the system, your ass is out of there. But anyway, like I said, the Triple Crown is coming up soon. 
if you've never got into horse racing, give it a shot. I mean, you don't even have to bet on it. You know, just fix yourself a mint julep and pick a horse. I mean, and the just first, watch it run. See the how first it party we ever had in this house was a Kentucky Derby party. That's right. how much we love horse racing. So yeah, it kind of this. I'm going to do one little quick story and then we'll move on. You know, um, me and the wife had been married for a few years and. You know, I don't want to say you get in a rut, but it's like we were lucky. We had two good sets of her parents were great. My parents are great. And so we could drop the kids off, you know, for a Friday or Saturday night every now and then and go out. And, you know, you get in a rut, you kind of like go to the same restaurant, same bar, same club, whatever. So one night we were riding around and there was two off-track betting facilities in the Richmond area, which are now closed. And so one night we just went in there. Just we had no friends or relatives that were into horse racing or said, hey, you ought to try it or to guide us or anything. We just went in there on a whim. So we walk in, you know, it's just a wall of television screens. We don't know what we're doing. I have no idea. I go over and get us a couple of drinks. We sit down kind of over on the side and um, I walk over. They have like little tellers or whatever. Of course, there's machines in there where you can go in and make your own bets on the machines. Unfortunately, I'm very... Uh, astute at those machines now but anyway back then i know so i walked up to one of the ladies i said look we don't know what we're doing first time in here and they're all nice as they can be she goes look turn around pick one of those tracks tell me the name of the track and tell me what race it is and give me two dollars so i turned around i looked at one of the screens i said uh lone star park race number six Turned around, I gave her $2. She goes, look, I'm going to take your $2. Now, you pick a horse. You pick one of those numbers up there, one through nine, and pick a horse, and I'm going to place, I'm going to put a $2 place bet for you. I'm like, okay, I have no clue. So I picked like the three horse. I said, number three looks good. Let's do him. So she tapped it out, gave me the ticket. I go sit with wifey, give her the ticket. We look up on the screen. It's got four MTP. We don't know what that is. Well, it's four minutes to post. So we wait. We got a couple minutes. The race goes off. They come around. The three, like, won or came in second or something. Whatever. So, again, we we had no idea. Of course, they show you on the screen what the payout's for. If the horse wins, comes in second or third. Your horses have to come in first, second, or third to get paid. Um, so I take it up there, and she gave me, like, $7.50 or something. I was like, hey, this is cool. You know, I bet two. I got my two back plus five more. I said, go get another drink. So we went ahead and bet. And we had a good time. We 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 did that. We stayed in there, what, maybe an hour? Yeah. Left there with like, like 16, 17 bucks and, and had no me, idea what we were doing. The two of us stood out there like a sore thumb, did we not? Right. We we didn't look like horse racing people, but eventually we have become horse racing people. And that so. and that's how it started, just on a whim, going in there, just making a you know if the horse you know make a place bet for second or make a show bet for third. And again, it's all for fun. Nobody's trying to break the bank, make millions, life changing scores, or any of that stuff. Um, you know, nowadays it's all these. Betting uh, advertisements. What is it? DraftKings right. and uh, FanDuel and MGM this or whatever. Right. 
And then you can, if once you get there, you can get to the more exotics like an exacta or a yeah, trifecta. Right, right. Once you get into the horse race, if you get into it a little bit, there's so many bets you can make. There's so many, you know, exacta. You got to pick the first two horses to come in first and second, or trifecta, the first three horses, and and that's something down the road. That's the, if if you play around with it a little more, you'll you'll expand your horizons. But again. Like again, people putting these apps on their phones for DraftKings or FanDuel. I'm not picking those out singularly. Pick any of them. Look, here's the name of those games. Okay, you're gonna put five hundred dollars on that app or whatever, and then just say you hit something. You hit the uh, the final four that's going on Monday or something, and 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 you win seven hundred and fifty bucks, and you're like, damn, I got one thousand. $250 in my account. Let me tell you what's going to happen to that. I'm going to tell you right now. In another 30 days, that $1,200 is going to go down to zero. I, I, I'll, I'll bet, you bet you on your bets <laughs> that it will go down to zero. That's why I'm not doing it. I'm not touching any of that stuff. I'm staying away from it. Go mm -hmm. away. Go away. Because the whole deal for those betting apps is for what? For you to keep putting money back in it. Right. That's right. how that thing works. Look, horse racing is the original OG when it comes to betting. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather bet, I'd rather lose my money on horse flesh, and I probably will later on today, but it's not gonna stop me. Again, we have a great little track here in New Kent, Virginia. It's about 50 miles from here. And uh me and the wifey probably go once or twice a year. Like I said, if you've got a and track in your area. Give it a go. Just yeah, it's a fun day. And Twin Spires has bought up the track, and we can't just see wait to see what they're gonna do. Yep, Churchill Downs is in the house in Virginia. We're gonna see what happens down there. All right, we're gonna roll right into one tough son of a bitch. All right, let's stay with the horse racing theme. Today's one tough son of a bitch is Red Pollard. He was a jockey, okay. Born in 1909, lived to be 71 years old, born in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Now Canada, he, eh? Now his family, they had money when he was a kid. They, his dad owned a brickyard. I think it got destroyed by a flood. And then what, the depression hit somewhere down the road and the family went broke. Now, Red was five foot, seven inches tall, and he weighed 115 pounds, which is kind of big for That's a jockey. That's big for a jockey. But it did not stop him. Now, his claim to fame, he rode a horse named... Seabiscuit. Yes. Love the movie. It's great. Go watch Seabiscuit. It's awesome. He had 18 wins, I think, with Seabiscuit during the, the 1930s. I mean, the horse was an underdog. The jockey was all broke up. Look, Red Pollard, he had a he had a limp. I don't know if it was his hip or his leg or his knee. His, his leg was broke up. He couldn't even see out of his right eye. Right. Red Pollard. Um, there was a, a horse a few years back when I first got into horse racing called Pollard's Vision. Vision. Yep, I love that horse. I lost a little bit of money on that horse. But anyway. It's because everybody wanted him to win. Yeah. I, mean, I think a horse fell on Red Pollard and broke right. his ribs. And, and the man still got up, and he still kept on riding. 
And Red Pollard, I'm going to tell you, he was one tough son of a bitch. All right. I keep forgetting the wolf. All right. Now, if you follow the show, and by now you should follow it, what we kind of do is instead of just rambling on like most podcasts for a freaking hour about one Talking topic. Talking about what's in your, you know, your belly button. And, or... and boring the hell out of everybody. We try to break the thing up a little bit. You know, we have a little hot topic. Not stealing that from Wendy. <laughs> and, you know, then talk. Who actually stole it from um, The View. Okay. Well, and we're not calling it the hot topic. I just meant said it. But whatever. One little main thing to talk about. And then we switch it up, you know. We were doing hot old chicks, and, and we kind of ran out of them. So now we're doing the one tough son of a bitch. And it's usually just somebody who kind of pulled herself up by their bootstraps and just kind of came from nothing and made something out of their life. That's, that's kind of where we're going with that. And then after that, we kind of smooth into the booze. And today, we're going with the, if I can pronounce it right, the Boulevardier. Boulevardier. Now, it, it's basically a Manhattan with an added ingredient called Campari, which it, it's kind of, Campari is like a, it's a bitter, uh, I don't know, I think it's imported from Italy, it's made from like herbs, fruits, alcohol, and water, that's what I'm going to call it. So, again, I've gotten pretty good with the Manhattans, because it's only two ingredients, <laughs> and they taste really good. Simplification's good. good. And it's, well, it's actually three, including your splash of bitters. So here we go. And your uh, maraschino. I'm gonna, what's that jigger called you have, the tall one? The, the Japanese jigger. All right. Get a, do it with the Japanese jigger, okay, which is two ounces, correct? Right. So you have two ounces of bourbon, an ounce of sweet vermouth, and then an ounce of the Campari. And this one is a, is a stirrer. This one, you pour those ingredients into a mixing glass. And by now, if you've been listening to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch, you should have your mixing glass, your shaker, your bar stew, sp- that tall bar spoon, and the jigger. So mix your bourbon, vermouth, and Campari in your mixing glass which is filled with ice. And while you're doing this, you need to have your glass that you're going to pour this drink in, which should be a martini glass. That should be in the fridge right now getting cold. Put your bourbon, vermouth, Campari in your mixing glass and stir the shit out of it and then strain it into your martini glass and bam, you got the Boulevardier. Now, I'm going to tell you I tried it. Uh, now, Pink Hair up here at the liquor store, we call her Pink Hair because... I don't know, people in their 20s, they've been doing it for a couple of years now, keep dyeing their hair like green and gray and purple, and she she picked pink. So she noticed me kept buying the sweet vermouth, so she goes, so what, have you tried to make a Boulevard here? I'm like, no, I have not. So she talked me into buying that bottle of Campari. Well, that damn bottle was like 30 freaking dollars for that stuff, I believe. So I tried to make the drink. I could, it's too sweet. It, the drink is... Too, now, you try it if because you might like it. To me, it was too sweet. I tried making it over and over again. I couldn't do nothing with it. All right. Cat, no no comments on that drink. No comments because, you know, I'm not a brown liquor gal. All right, moving on. Today, <laughs> we were bumpered in 
with Maybe It's Time by Jason Isbell, 42 years old from Green Hill, Alabama. Jason Isbell in the 400-pound unit. Four Grammys. Uh, Jason was in the drive-by truckers, I think like the early 2000s. He left the drive-by truckers in 2006 and started Jason Isbell in the 400 unit, which is named after some psychiatric ward in Alabama, the 400 unit. But uh, I actually saw the drive-by truckers. They came out here years ago. I did not get into them. I, I've got a, a song or two on the iTunes down there by them, but you now the place was packed. It was packed. They were loud as shit. God knows they were loud. It looked like a bunch of college kids to me. Of course, now that I'm old guy on the back porch, everybody, everybody looks like college kids but now. I did not get into the drive-by truckers. Uh, none of them can sing. The only one, Jason Isbell, maybe that's why he left. He was the only one in the <laughs> band who could actually sing, and they're so goddamn loud. He probably left just to save his hearing. But Jason, he's lived an interesting life. I didn't know. He does the voice on a character on this animated series called Squidbillies. Now, I don't know if squid, it's like squid, you know, in the water, billies, uh, I-E-S at the end of it, Squidbillies. If you've never seen the Squidbillies, it's, I'm sorry, it, look it up. It, it's insane. And it's funny. I don't know if it's still going, but it, it's it's pretty mind-blowing. But anyway, he does a voiceover on that thing. He is married to Amanda Shires, which is two thumbs up for him. The weird thing is, they were married by Todd Snyder. Now, Todd must be ordained something. I don't know what. Um, he's a very talented... He, he might have gotten that certificate in the mail. Yeah, he's, he's a good alt-country guy, too, right. himself. But uh, Amanda Shires, very talented violinist and singer who's, you know, in the band with Jason. Uh, Jason Isbell, I haven't seen him. He's been through here a couple times. It got kind of weird around here with the coronavirus. He was coming, and then uh, he wanted people to make sure they had had a shot before they came, and people acted like idiots about a shot or whatever. I have no idea. I think he ended up playing. I'm not sure, but... Anyway, the guy is multi-talented, terrific songwriter. He, he's such a great songwriter. you got to listen to his words. Um, anyway, I, I like a few songs. Alabama Pines, if you want to pull these up. 24 Frames, Cumberland Gap. He's got a song called Streetlights. That, uh, it, it's, a, it's a very good, very good song. Now, the song we heard today, Maybe It's Time, I think that was on... The Star is Born mm -hmm. uh, movie that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga right. did, correct? Right. Yeah. Anyway, check out Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Wherever you get your music, we think you'll dig it. All right, we want to thank everybody for listening. We will see you all down the road. See ya. Probably never made a single person cold But I can't say the same for me I've done it many times Somebody take me home Through the 